Ed Peters, and on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 6, continuing our focus on the model prayer given by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. We move on today to verse 12 and to the fifth petition found here in this prayer outline. It reads, Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Christ's model prayer suggests that in our prayers, we first acknowledge that God is. Then second, we acknowledge that God does. Third, we acknowledge that God provides. We covered these on previous studies. Now, here in verse 12, we see that God has the power to forgive sin. And we need to acknowledge this also. Now, as we look at this 12th verse, we need to note that it does not refer to our salvation. Christ is speaking here to those who are already saved, those who already have the nature of God. Your salvation is not based on whether you forgive others. God does not wait for you to forgive before he forgives. This is not his method of settling the sin question. He gave his son to die, and it is on this basis that God forgives. But this petition addresses a vitally important view of sin and deals with our inability to live our lives under the high standards that God demands. It is impossible for us to meet the standards that God gave to Moses And more impossible yet, after seeing our Lord's interpretation of the law. So, this petition directs us to pray for forgiveness, not necessarily the removal of the stain of sin from our own hearts, nor the removal of our just dread of God's anger, but for the removal from God's own mind concerning his displeasure against us on the account of our sin. We ask for forgiveness so that God will wipe or cross out from his book of remembrance all entities against us on this account. Now, here is verse 12, and it reads, Forgive us our sins, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Christ, Praise thee forever. 
Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. In this study of the Gospel of Matthew, I have focused for the past two weeks on the model prayer which Jesus suggested to his disciples as a pattern. It's recorded in Matthew 6, 9-13. Here in a minute or so is a look back over the last nine programs. First, in prayer as in worship, we should express our reverence for God's person. That's a statement of faith. We believe that God is, he really exists, and he is holy, that is totally unique. That's a good place to begin when we pray, to say, hallowed be your name. Second, when talking to God, we should commit ourselves to his program, his will. By saying something like, your kingdom come, your will be done, we are expressing our faith in God's active involvement in our world. In the first sentence, we said that God is. In this sentence, we say that God does. The third part of this prayer is an acknowledgement of God's provision. Give us today our daily bread means that for today, for tomorrow, and for all the following tomorrows, we realize that our needs are supplied by God. By this statement, we connect God and our needs. Today I come to verse 12, which reads, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. By that sentence, we are praying that we might experience God's power in forgiveness. So my outline so far concerns God's person, God's program, God's provision, and now God's power to forgive. Here's today's statement again, and I'd like to ask every listener, is a statement similar to this ever in your prayers? Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. If we take this pattern prayer of Jesus seriously, then words similar to these ought to appear in our prayers, at least sometimes. Now let's think about it. What does debt mean? Much has been written on the question why Matthew used this Greek word here. Luke clearly used the word sin. He wrote, forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us, Luke 11:4. Perhaps Matthew used this words to indicate how much we were in debt to God. In Jesus' day, that word debt would be easily understood. Sin may be understood as a debt, and redemption is the payback price. Jesus paid the price for our redemption by his sacrifice of himself. While Jesus paid the price for our salvation, we must be careful not to look on his sacrifice as a debt paid to Satan. Such a conclusion would lead us into some seriously false thinking. Jesus didn't pay Satan to get us back. So I take this word debt as used by Matthew to mean sin. Note, too, that the pronouns are still plural. It's forgive us our debts. Daniel prayed that way too, yet he had not participated in the sins of Israel. It seems evident that Jesus is telling us that we must identify with the group, with all Christians. We assume responsibility for the sins committed by some other persons in the group. Are we guilty 
of someone else's sin in a corporate sense? Yes. Although I didn't commit the sin, perhaps I could have helped that person avoid it. Perhaps I didn't pray enough for that person. We need to identify with a sinner, not that by prayer his sin will be forgiven him. That confession and repentance has to come from him. I wonder if God would hear a prayer if it's totally and only selfish and never includes others. The great thing about this line is that there is forgiveness. That's the beauty of Christianity. There is forgiveness for sin and for all sin. No sin is so small that needs no forgiveness, nor is any sin so large that it can't be forgiven. A man whom I knew years ago died recently. For years he was totally depressed because, according to him, God couldn't forgive him. His sins loomed so large. We were told that the poor man died that way. I have no doubt whatever that he's with the Lord. He had clearly received Christ as Savior, but he struggled for many years with this matter of forgiveness. He couldn't grasp it, that God could forgive him. Many other so-called great religions do not have a place in their thought for forgiveness. Sin is a terrible thing, and it does separate us from God. If not forgiven, it separates us humans from Him eternally. But it can be forgiven, and God made that possible through the sacrifice of Christ. I'll continue with this matter of forgiveness tomorrow. We do not need to live under the guilt of sin, any sin. Many Christians do, but it's totally unnecessary. God has provided a way for us to be forgiven initially when we receive the Savior by faith. And God has provided a way whereby we can continue to be forgiven after we're saved, providing for us a lawyer before him in heaven. He pleads our cause as we repent and confess our sins to him. That's the meaning of 1 John 1, 9. So God provides initial forgiveness and continual forgiveness for us. It's all His doing.
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.